We're in a series in Joshua titled Great Courageous Faith. Anybody want courageous faith? Anybody? You ever read about the, old, the, the guys in the Old Testament particularly, but even in the New, and, and, and you, you, you see how God called him to do something, and he did it, and you think, man, I want that kind of faith. Then you get up on Monday, and we have our faith. You can have courageous faith. And, and that's what we've been talking about as we go, have been going through Joshua. We're now in Joshua chapter 13. Uh, last week, uh, what we talked about, it, it, it talked about really the, the kings that were defeated under Moses and the kings that were defeated under Joshua. And we, we called that looking back. And, and I told you, sometimes, sometimes it helps for us to look back. Uh, one of the benefits of looking back is is we can see how far we've come. We can see from, from where we've come. And, and, and sometimes, I don't know about you, I just get tired and, and you think, man, we're not making any headway. We're not making any progress. And whether it's in your own life or what it is God has called you to do, you, you take a look back and you're like, you know what? We really have come a long ways. Or, man, I really am different than the way I used to be. I even see things differently. I think differently than I used to. We also talked about that one of the dangers of looking back is nostalgia. Anybody remember the good old days? Right when I said that, I looked at one of our, our students, and you don't even know what that is, but you read about it in the books. We, we talk about the good old days, and, and sometimes we become nostalgic about the way things were, and we, we tend to remember them a little bit better than they were, don't you think? Man, life was just so easy back then, was so simple back then, we didn't have math in school. I just made everybody. We did, really. Um, and, and the danger with that is we tend to kind of want to go back to the way things were. And we get stuck. Well, today, the, the, the message is looking. I'm not looking. It's, it's the work ahead. And, and I love the way that, that God did this for us in, in Scripture. He just finished talking about all the kings that were conquered under Moses and, and under Joshua. And, and sometimes you're like, yeah, whew, man, we, we've got that done. Have you ever, you ever did that? You, you thought, man, so, so we're getting ready to enter a building project. Uh, some of you remember the, the remodel that we did here. And man, it was a, it was, it was a fast and furious six weeks uh, that we did the remodel in. And man, we were so glad when Christmas Eve came and whoo. It's done, mostly. <laughs> and, and sometimes we tend to do that. And, and I think that the, the children of Israel might have, been, might have been a little bit tempted to do that if it weren't for this next passage here. God, God helped them to, to go back and rehearse the things that he had done to, to remind them of how faithful and true that he is. And I believe he was doing that in preparation for this. So some of you are a little bit worried. Let's look, uh, turn in, in Joshua chapter 13 in verse 1. We're just going to read verses 1 through 7 uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, one is the other can be summarized with the inheritance that's given. And the other one is there are a lot of big names in here. Now Joshua was old and advanced in years. And the Lord said to him, you are old and advanced in years. I didn't make that up. I read that word for word. And there remains yet very much land to possess. 
This is the land that yet remains. All the regions of the Philistines and all those of the Geshurites from Shehor on the east, which is east of Egypt, northward to the boundary of Elkon, Elkron, I'm sorry, Ekron, as it is counted as Canaanite. There are five rulers of the Philistines, those of Gaza, those of Ashad, Ashkelon, Gath, and Ekron, and those of Avim in the south, and the lands of the Canaanites and Mirah that belongs to the Sidonians, to Aphek, to the boundaries of the Amorites, and the land of the Gabalites, and all of Lebanon. I want to hear some of you guys read these. Toward the sunrise from Balgad below to Mount Hermon to Lebo Hamath, all the inhabitants of the hill country from Lebanon to uh, that other place, I'm kidding, to, let, let's see if we can get this, Mezrafoth Maim, I had it earlier, even all the Sidonians, I myself will drive them out before the people of Israel only, allot the land to Israel for an inheritance as I've commanded you. Now therefore divide this land for an inheritance to the nine tribes and to the half tribe of Manasseh. And the rest of the chapter is doing that. Actually, it even goes into chapter 14 as they divide as an inheritance. I, I, I thought I had all those uh, practiced and ready to pronounce, but I'll, I'll go back and, and do that again. Not today. But, but the first part of this is what I really want us to, to kind of hang on to. They had just gone through the, the list of the things that God has done, all of the kings that were defeated so far. And, and, and they might have been tempted. I know we would be tempted to say, whew, you know what? That's enough. That's enough. Any of you guys see, see any of those commercials? Um, I can't even remember who it's for, but, but, but when, when it's enough, like the guy that's getting the tattoo and the, the tattoo artist is just freehanding it and the guy getting the tattoo says, aren't you supposed to draw that on there first? And the tattoo artist says, stay in your lane, bro. <laughs> that's, not, that's not good enough, Right? We, we would be tempted to say, man, that, boy, that's good enough. They, they defeated in, in this amazing campaign of war. They, they basically went and took care of most of the big kingdoms. And, and man, that's, a, that's enough, isn't it? I mean, we didn't get all the way finished, but that's enough. And then, then God comes to Joshua. And we don't get to hear what Joshua was thinking. That, that's not recorded for us, but... Ouch would have been in there somewhere for me. Now, Joshua was, was old and advanced in years. And the Lord said to him, Joshua, you are old and advanced in years. Wow, thanks, God. <laughs> you know, I needed the reminder. And Joshua may have been thinking, I don't know, but but. If one of you guys come up and say this to me on Monday morning, I would be thinking your next words would be, maybe you should think about retiring. Joshua may have been thinking that. I don't know. He knew that there was still land to be conquered. And, and God uses, uh, in, in the Hebrew, the language of the Old Testament, uses an, an interesting phrase because in, in our vernacular, we would say, Joshua, you are old and advanced in years, but there is still much land to be conquered. 
I love the way Joshua heard it from God. Joshua, you are old and advanced in years, and there remains yet very much land to be possessed. You see, there's still work ahead is what what God is getting across to Joshua here. It's not finished. God, God still had a lot that he wanted to do, and he still wanted to use Joshua to do it. Isn't that amazing? Now, I know that, that it's a little bit hard for us to relate to people in the Old Testament, um, but I just want to want to help get some perspective here. Moses was 40 years old, remember, when he committed murder, when he killed someone in anger. I believe in the 40 years between, then he, he ran away, went off, and I believe that God used Jethro, his father-in-law, for 40 years to work in Moses' heart to prepare him. Moses was 80 when he was called into the ministry. I was 16 because God is loving and gracious and merciful to me. He didn't wait till I was 80 or even 40. Then for another 40 years, Moses continued to do what God called him to do. Moses was about 120 when he died. And, and Moses, if you'll remember, it says his eye hadn't grown dim. The, the idea that you get a Moses is, man, he was still strong and vigorous right to the end. And, and I've always thought, man, that's the, that's the way I want to go. I, I don't know if I've mentioned this to some of you, but I can be a little bit morbid sometimes. You know, I'm thinking about how I want to die. You guys, do you ever think about that? I mean, you know, my, my first thought was, you know, I, I, I want to go to sleep here and I want to wake up in heaven. Isn't that cool? except I thought that might be a little traumatic for Cynthia. <laughs> Honey, <laughs> it's Sunday. You've got to go, got to go to church. And then I thought, no, nah, that would be kind of mean for her. What I want to do is I want to be preaching, and I want to be preaching on heaven, and I want to say I can't wait till he takes me home and then just drop right there. And then I thought, well, that might be a little traumatic for the church. <laughs> I could just hear the pastor search committee. Now, you don't preach on heaven much, do you? <laughs> but, but I thought, you know, I, I want to be, be like Moses. That, boy, he just, just goes full speed right to the end. His, his eye was not dim. That, that, that's an indication that he was still full of vigor, that he was still sharp and, and right to the end. He was doing what God called him to do. And then you get here to Joshua, and, and man, I, how discouraging it, it might be to hear God say, Larry, you are old and advanced in years. But the other part of that, some of you, some of you seem to smile a little bit too much when I said that I am not old. I'm just telling you, no. Just not as young as I used to be. But what God does right after that is so cool. Joshua, you're old and you're advanced in years, and there's still so much that I have for you to do. That's the way I, I read that. Joshua, I, I know I know it hurts when you get up. <laughs> I know it hurts when you sit back down. I, I know that you're old and advanced in years, and, and Joshua, we're just getting started. 
I still have so much for you to do is, is the way that I, I read this. And I think because of the way that God came to him, I think Joshua, if he had been feeling, we don't know this, but if he'd been a little bit discouraged or had been just feeling his age, that he was tired and fatigued, I think that would have been reinvigorating for him. Because here's, here's what I, I hear when, when God talks to Joshua here. God is never finished using you in his work. That, that's if I was Joshua, that that's what I would have gotten. Joshua, I'm not finished using you, and and I want to tell you, I this is this is what I want to get. If you fall asleep from here on, this is what I want you to remember: that God is never finished using you for His work. Now, some of you say, I don't know. Well, I know a, a, a physical test that that we can do to find out if God's finished using you or not. Are you ready? You take these two fingers, you place them right there. That's your carotid artery. And if you feel something, he's not finished with you. If you don't, you're just not doing it right. God's never finished using us. Listen, as long as you have breath in your lungs, as long as your heart is beating, God is not finished using you for his work. Now, I, I know, man, I know. I, I, uh, I w- was sharing in, in, a, in a small group uh, last week um, that, that, that I have been in, in vocational service since 1987. I know, right? Huh. We used to have to carve things out, chisel it out of rock. 1987. And do you know, all that time, about half of it has been here. Isn't that cool? I was so young when I first came. And, and, and sometimes I know that, that the, the ways that you serve changes as you go. Man, I think back as a, we called them youth ministers back then, uh, but I think back as a, as a youth minister, and man, did I do some really stupid stuff. <laughs> uh, I wish they had, had read the book, this guy named Todd Fields. Todd? Doug Fields. Doug Fields wrote a book. Todd Fields is a singer. Doug Fields wrote a book called First Two Years in Youth Ministry. I wished I'd had that back then because one of them uh, suggests that it's not very good to have a hot tub bubble party in the baptistry, even if it started out as a jacuzzi. And I know that sometimes we think, man, I've been, man, God, I've been serving you for a long time. And, and so, so I, I just want us to spend a, a little bit of time before we, we celebrate communion this morning. Let, let, me just, let me just hit on the topic of age and service. Because I know that that's always a consideration. And, and let me just read again verse 1, what God said, just because this is fun to say. Now Joshua was old and advanced in years, and the Lord said to him, You are old and advanced in years, and there remains yet very much land to possess. Listen, you are never too old. You, you, there is a way that God intends to use you in service. You're never going to get too old for God to use you in service somewhere, somehow. Joshua didn't live to be quite as long as Moses. They estimate it was just over 100 years that Joshua lived. 
But we know he's probably 80 by now. And God says, you are old and advanced in years, and there is yet much land to be conquered. Age and service don't really have a correlation, except that the way you serve may change a little bit. I totally get that you get to an age where bending down and getting on your knees with the little ones is just excruciating. Getting up is so much worse. (laughs) So I I get that you get to the place that what you do changes or should change. Good grief, I I hang around some of these guys here that are are a lot older than I am, and I can't keep up with them. but, But there gets to be an age where you don't swing an axe. There gets to be an age where, well, that's pretty young for me when you put the post hole diggers away. I get that the way that we serve him changes. But there is no maximum age for service. There's just not. And then let me hit on this accomplishments and service. Because some of us think, man, been there, done that, got the t-shirt. In fact, Cynthia for Valentine's got a t-shirt quilt made for me. And man, that goes back with some VBS t-shirts, some camp t-shirts. Um, so, so I've been there and done that, got the t-shirts. Now I have the quilt to prove it. And, and sometimes we, we think, we almost kind of think like serving God is, is a bit of a prison. Listen, I've done my time. You ever heard anybody say that? I've done my time. I taught middle schoolers. Every year in middle school is like seven years in real life. I'm kidding. I love middle schoolers. <laughs> Shouldn't that count as time served? <laughs> You, you never get to a place where your accomplishments exempt you from serving God. It, it just doesn't happen. Man, if you want to have fun, just go to Hebrews chapter 11. They, they call it the hall of faith. All, all these great men and women of faith that, that how God used them in amazing ways. None of them ever got to the place where God says, all right, it looks you've done enough. I really believe when God's finished using you here, you're not here anymore. Right? I, I just believe that as long as we're here, he intends to use us. It's not like he's trying to find things for us to do. He has a purpose for us in service here the whole time that we're here. Then finally, let, let me talk about the topic of salvation and service. Ephesians, most of us have memorized Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For it is by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, so that no one should boast, right? We're saved by grace through faith. And, and, and we, usually, we usually either disconnect verse 10, or we don't even look at verse 10. Let me read it all together for you. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast for we, for, the reason is, is what Paul's saying, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I, I love the way that, uh, good grief, someone told me this gets worse as you get older, I can't imagine. Rick Warren is the guy's name. 
I, I love the way that Rick Warren phrases it in 40 Days of Purpose. You were saved to serve. God, who knows the beginning and the end, and who's sovereign over all, has always had a plan for you. And, and he, I love the way he, Paul phrases it, works that were prepared beforehand in Christ Jesus. We weren't saved to sit. We were saved to serve. And, and listen, I, I've got to tell you, there's still a whole lot of work ahead. In Sunday school, we prayed uh, for our, our church because this is, this is a big year for us. That I, I believe God wants to do some amazing things in and through us here. Entering into a building program. Oh, I, Larry, you're old and advanced in years. <laughs> and there's still much work to do. If, if I hadn't lost my hair and the rest turned gray, it'd probably happen this year. That's big, but you know what? It's exciting. It doesn't mean we're going to have a building built by this time next year, so don't freak out. We're, we're, we're in that design phase. That's huge. Starting up our discovery classes where we can actually give people opportunity to take the next step, really, kind of, for them. Uh, discovering church membership had a, a good time and out. I, I tweak it, won't. These guys were my guinea pigs, and so they got the drivers, and I promise I won't do that to the people coming after. But, but to be able to share who it is that, that God has called us to be, what it is he's called us to do, and how we believe he's called us to do that. Giving people an opportunity to jump into small groups where I think life change really, really happens. Through discovering church community, getting, getting Christian community with one another. We'll do that next week. And, and then... Discovering church ministry. Uh, I, I think it's fun. Our, our students in Sunday school this morning talked about spiritual gifts, and sometimes we do that. Um, and, and sleep is not a spiritual gift, right? I just want to tell our students that. Um, but, but, but discovering church ministry actually doesn't just talk about spiritual gifts. That's usually what we do, and then we stop there. But we're talking about your experience, your, your abilities, your heart, your passion, for, for ministry and how god intends to use all those together to help you serve him our discovery classes are huge and the last one is discovering church outreach but but that's not all we we're, we're going to start up later on in the spring equipping you we want to we want to give you a good foundation kurt and i were talking about this just this morning uh, the first one how did we how did we get the bible or how do we know that we can trust the Bible. That's foundational. To help you learn some of the basic doctrines that we believe, to, to, to really kind of give you a, a good hands on way to defend your faith, to give an account for the hope that's within you. And then in the fall this year, uh, we're going to do a church wide campaign. Church wide. And I know some of you are really good with this already, and you might be thinking, I don't think I need this. Well, we need you to help walk through this with other people. We're going to go through Dave Ramsey's financial piece as a church to, to sharpen the, that, 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 that sword of financial stewardship. But it, it doesn't stop there. It goes into stewardship and everything we have all together as a church. We'll start that in September. The big year for us. 
And, and so I, I just want to I want to encourage you guys. You are old. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you may feel old. You may feel advanced in years. You you may feel just kind of at the end of yourself. But but listen, can I just encourage you? The same God who saved you has prepared works for you even before you were born that are going to bring honor and glory to God and bring people to faith in Christ. Philippians 2.8 says this, Have this mind among yourselves which is yours in Christ, who though he was in the form of God did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Paul says, again in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, did our students memorize that this week? I urge you, therefore, Paul didn't link these two verses together, but I will because of what Christ has done. I urge you, therefore, because of what Christ has done for you by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship is the way the English Standard Version reads it. That word spiritual actually comes from the word that we get logic your logical and worship and service are so tied together in Scripture that it's not a stretch to say which is your logical form of service. Give yourself to Him as a living sacrifice. I want to challenge you this morning with this prayer. I know a lot of times I do that. These are scary prayers. God, would you use me up for your work use me up till there's nothing left lord when i leave this place i don't want to leave anything i want you to use me up here for your work i'm not going to hold anything back i'm not going to try to save some for later lord would you just use me up for you as we as we enter a time of communion together around the lord's table would you let that be your prayer? And, and here's what's scary about it. Some of us are like, well, I'm afraid God will. <laughs> he used me up. You know what? We talked about this in the adult class this morning. This life is really fleeting. This isn't what it's about. So when God uses me up here, that means I get to go there. I get to go be with him. That almost makes me pray, Lord, would you use me up quickly? Would you? Lord, I, there, there's no point in me trying to save anything here for me. Lord, just use me up for you. So as we, as we prepare our hearts to take communion this morning, as you pray that prayer, God might say, okay, but it might mean this. Okay, but it means that you need to turn this over to me. Would you at that point just do what Paul encouraged us to do and, 
just to present your bodies, I would say present your life as a living sacrifice to him. God, just use me up. Just pour me on the altar. <laughs> I, I just picture an altar at the foot of the cross. Lord, Jesus, Je- Jesus really did the work on the cross. The work that we do is simply an overflow of what he did for us. But God, as I just pour my, my, my life out at the altar at the foot of the cross, would you just use me for you? And if God prompts something, then, then just, just tell him, okay. <laughs> he, said, he might say, it might mean this. Okay, Lord, I'll, I'll do that. My life is a living sacrifice for you. Use me up. Let's pray. God, it, it's hard to live in this world and yet to live our lives as living sacrifices for you. Things pull and, and tug at us from, from every which way as we go through life. Demands on our calendar, demands on our time, demands on our finances, demand even in our, our heart as it, things pull and tug at our hearts in different ways. Lord, this morning, would you just give us the courage and the boldness to just lay our lives down for you? No matter our age, no matter our accomplishments, accomplishments lord help us to remember that we're not our own that we were bought with a price that we're yours and lord as we we enter into this time of communion i I pray that lord our our prayer for you give us the courage and the bones to to pray lord use me up for your work and god the only reason we can pray that is because of what christ has done for us on the cross that that he who is God the Son, didn't take that into account, but he emptied himself and took on flesh, became human, and somehow still God at the same time. Lived the life we couldn't, fulfilled the law where we failed, and then took our sins, and then took the punishment, the the payment for our sins on the cross. And gave us his righteousness so that we could be right with you. Father, this morning, help us to remember the price that was paid for us. And Lord, let our response be that one of genuine gratitude. Because you loved us, we can love. Because you loved us, Lord, we can can give our lives away. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.